And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of the Can't Wait Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with the Athletics Jets reporter Zach Rosenblatt and our producer Marissa Morris. Uh, Revenge week? Is that what we're calling this? I don't know. We have a lot to get to, (laughs) including the Patriots game, of course, uh, the embarrassing loss a year ago that the Jets handled pretty well this week leading up to the game. Uh, We'll talk about the running back situation, how that's going to be handled this week with with James Robinson in-house. But we're also going to lead, of course, with Elijah Moore and where we are with that. Um, I thought you were going to say the Tom Brady you, divorce is what we were leading with. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> see, I, I didn't know when. It, here we go. I'm sorry. It's, it's literally in the chat, too, like already, like how long. Oh, until I, they, over under. But yeah, so that that's the biggest news in the NFL right now, right? So, so hey, go ahead, Zach. What do you have to say about uh, Tom Brady um, officially getting divorced? while quarterbacking what looks like a bad football team also. He he just couldn't take the possibility that the Jets were going to beat his old Patriots team this week. Is, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have much to, to comment on it, I, but I will say the Buccaneers seem like a mess. Um, yes. It is kind of sad that his career is going out. This, it seems like his career is going out in a bad way because the, he does not seem like the same guy anymore. Uh, like something, I mean, well, we were talking th- about this is it. obvious that was up, yeah. We were talking about it before the show started. Like, does he go out like this? Like, yeah. Or does he, you know? I mean, it also it also can't be ruled. I get, I feel like others have speculated this, but it can't be ruled out that he just decides to retire during the season, too. <laughs> like, I, he's been so, like, detached from the team, like, going to Robert Kraft's yeah. birthday party and stuff. Like, I don't know. Wedding. Todd Bowles, gonna by the way, maybe the not a great head coach. For one year next year. Right? Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, we can tie it back to the Jets because of Todd Bowles. And that is interesting because... You know, when Todd Bowles was the Jets head coach, there was a lot of talk that, like, you know, he didn't get a a fair shot or whatever. Yeah, a fair shot. Yes, the, and and all of that, and like, you know, then he obviously more experience, and he's a successful defense coordinator. Obviously, we all know that he's very good just handling that side of the ball. And I think a lot of people thought that he would be good in take two as a head coach, but not so much so far. Yeah, and it, it seems like they're pretty like not well prepared on even on defense, which is alarming. So, um, yeah, I mean, he might just be one of those cases of a guy who's better as a coordinator than a overall yeah. head coach type of guy. Um, whereas I think you're seeing kind of like the opposite with Salah. I think Salah, Robert Salah is like almost was made for like being a, a head coach, like leading a team. He, even he was a really good defensive coordinator, obviously, but I think he was even more made for like just being the CEO of an organization kind of thing like he is. And he's uh, he's turned the corner here at the podium. I will say that too, and that that'll tie into. Oh Surprise. no, really? That was going to happen. <laughs> you don't have a lock on the door. Just no, for no those lock. who are not watching on YouTube, no uh, Connor Hughes just 
peeked his head in behind. So Zach. Connor sent me a text and says, "Are you recording?" I said, "Yes." Open the door. Come in. I was wait. I was. I didn't tell him I was doing this. I was gonna wait and see when he would uh, figure it out. I'm but. shocked he was. So, that was so short. Like I thought. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. Well, because he couldn't hear anything. Because he, he can't hear anything because I have headphones on. So. Oh, true. True. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So so far, in we're three minutes and forty eight seconds in, and we've talked about Tom Brady's divorce. Connor's I mean, uh, Connor's nearby. Like, it's hard to talk about the Jets in the beginning when Connor's near. I, I should start That's talking true. about golf. Should I start talking about golf? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, have anything to say about golf. Off the rails. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's bring it back. We're bringing it back in. We um, could mention that Bronny is visiting the University of Maryland this morning. Get it all. I was waiting for you to yeah. throw get that it out all. there, too. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Bronny will not be. I have a Phillies Philly yes. hat on, which I'm surprised people yes. haven't flipped out about yet. Yes. What was that one? Oh, I, have a Philly, I have a Phillies hat on, which nobody has gotten mad about yet. So we can that's do that's hard to tell at the end. Hard yeah. to tell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, back to the Jets. And <laughs> you you were mentioning Robert Sala. Um, so I think we tie that in with with Elijah Moore. But uh, with, <laughs> thank you, Michael Dunn. Uh, so football dot dot dot. Um, <laughs> the Elijah Moore situation has been handled, I think, as well as as you could possibly handle it. And this is a a team that the first few weeks of the season we did discuss that like Robert Sala was not necessarily doing a good job at the podium. And he had kind of, you know, there was the receipts comment, which now is on its way to being brilliant. Um, there was all these different things. And uh, we're like, yeah, he's, he needs to maybe think about these things a little more before he says it. Now we get to a situation where it's real, right? Like this, this can go bad. You have to handle this situation, right? Yeah. And Robert Sala, uh, Matt LaFleur, everyone that's gotten up to that mic, uh, Zach Wilson, all the players for the most part. There's been a few like kind of hidden comments from some players that we talked about on the last episode. Uh, but overall, this has been handled well. Elijah back at practice this week. Um, and what's the first thing the world sees is him out there, you know, dapping, working on handshakes, doing all the stuff that you think a happy teammate would do. Um, the question for you, Zach, is, do you think that Elijah Moore is actually a happy teammate? I mean, he, he certainly is putting on that. I mean, whether it's performance or real, I mean, it, it, I don't know. I, it, like you meant, so it's funny. You mentioned like how Salah early in the season were like, maybe he shouldn't have said that kind of thing. Somebody asked him about his receipts comment uh, the other day, like a reporter from uh, who was here from Boston. And he was like, I would, I would wish that would die. Like he's like, <laughs> he like was hoping nobody would bring it back up again. Kind of thing. And he, oh, they're going to keep yeah. bringing it up. Yeah. 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 Well, it was more like, um, I think he realized like he shouldn't have said that kind of thing now. Um, yep. and, and you can, I don't know, you can kind of tell that there's been a little more, I'm not saying there wasn't thought before you go out there. Cause I think he would go out there sit knowing what he would want to say. And he shoots from the hip a lot and stuff like that. But I think the way he's handled Elijah Moore has been impressive. Um, you've seen teammates, uh, you know, after maybe there were some subtle shots in the media, uh, last week, it, it seems like at least the people that have talked publicly, They've all said the right thing. Zach Wilson's like, I just, I, I've been trying to let him know that I'm there for him. I support him no matter what. Um, you've, you've had other guys in the locker room kind of, you know, welcome, welcome him, him back because the reality is they need him. So that's a part of it. So, I mean, you're not going to really accomplish anything by alienating him, which I'm not, I'm, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Maybe there's been arguments, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so they're trying to ingratiate him back in the team. They're trying to get him. You know, I mean, I don't think he lacks motivation. I don't think that was ever an issue. It, it was just a matter of him wanting touches when they didn't need him to have touches because they won so many games. But And I, we're going to get into this, I'm sure, but Corey Davis is not going to play on Sunday. So 
that that means Elijah Moore really needs to step. I mean, Denzel Mims will play more. Jeff Smith will play. But Elijah Moore is the guy that needs to fill that Corey Davis role to a degree. Him and Garrett Wilson are going to have to take on that role. They need to do better in run blocking because that's where Corey Davis is at his best. And so, yeah, they, they need Elijah Moore to step up. So I think that's why you've seen them support him so much publicly. They were never going to trade him. Deadline's coming up. I'd be shocked if he was traded unless they got a great. I mean, Kadarius Tony just got traded for a third round pick, which blew my mind. Two picks, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if he's that's worth great. that, I, I think Elijah Moore has proven more in the NFL. He hasn't even really. I mean, he was hurt a little bit last year, but. Um, if they could get that. Yeah. Should I mean, if, they do yeah, that? I don't think I don't even think they would do a third and a fifth. But if they could get like a second round pick, I would do that. I don't know if the Jets want to get rid of him, though. So because um, you have then you have to if they're trying to make the playoffs, then you have to replace him and. Uh, well, so they replace him with Denzel Mims. Yeah, very true. Mims time. Mims, it's Mims o'clock. <laughs> Mims season. Mims season. But yeah, so to circle, like, yeah, I, I just think, um, you know, he hasn't spoken to the media yet. Uh, today's his last day this week to have a chance to do that. If he doesn't, there's a chance he could be subjected to a fine, which I don't know if he wants to do that. Um, but so I'm curious to see what he says if the money finally does talk to us. I imagine he won't say much or it'll be more like t- going back to towing the company line and focusing on the Patriots and all that stuff. It, it is, you know, I, I think it says a lot about where the jets are as, as an organization that that was a week ago. And it feels like they've already moved on from it in a way, which, you know, there, there's been drama in, in past seasons where stuff was just kind of lingered and, you know, Jamal Adams in the background after his trade request and, and all that stuff. So I think they've handled it very well, but Sunday, as we, we talked about at when this stuff initially happened, um, we're going to have to see how he handles it when he makes a mistake, which is inevitable because everybody, nobody's perfect. If he drops it, if he misses a block, like it, he's going to get called out for it from the fans. He's going to get booed if he has a drop. Like, how does he handle that? And, and all and all that stuff is going to be the interesting thing to see. LaFleur uh, yesterday spoke, said all the right things, obviously, even denied that there was any kind of blow up, said there was a conversation. I guess that's semantics at that point right like one one person's blow up is another person's (laughs) calm conversation uh we had that earlier this year with (laughs) on the sideline yeah quinn williams yeah quinn williams loud conversation but um i wanted to get back to um what you said about him not speaking to the media yet because i wonder obviously the team's not looking forward to him speaking to the media either. Right. Cause they're like fingers crossed, like holding their well, breath. And like hopefully when they want the story and they also want the story to die and it keeps, I mean, right. that's why I and always he, say, I would say these guys miss the point that they should get it out of the way early as opposed right to like letting it linger throughout the week. But yeah, anyway, whatever you're saying, go ahead. So, con- <laughs> so conspiracy theory, he doesn't speak today. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't let him speak until after the game. And he has, you know, he has a good game and he, uh, if there's a fine, you know, those you can cover the players fine, right? Like, I mean, technically you're not supposed to do that, but right? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Conspiracy theory. I just feel like I mean, I, that's what from I from a Jets standpoint. I was, if I was predicting, I think that's what's going to happen. Is that we? Yeah, I, the first time you know he yeah. he catches three balls for forty yards, like whatever. He's on the field. He's playing. He's part of the offense, and then he speaks, and then the questions change, right? Because then the questions they'll still be the same. I mean, it's the New York media. I, I, you guys aren't gonna like avoid what's happened. Yeah, we, yeah, we have to discuss what happened previously. Yeah, but you also have to ask him about the game, and that's you know what I mean. It it just changes the. I feel like it changes the narrative a little bit. So that's my call. Is that, and you said you kind of think that'll happen too. Yeah, but that he doesn't speak till after the game. Um, pretty much after the game, it's hard to dodge you guys, right? It is. It is, and then he absolutely if he. 
dodged us after the game, after dodging us all week. Like, if he didn't get a fine, then there'd be something wrong with the system. But so I, I imagine that yeah. that's what would happen. Like, guys certainly do after games dodge. They'll they'll either like wait in the locker room at the beginning part when we're talking to Sala, or they'll get out of there as quick as they can after they shower. Um, I imagine, you know, some of us will be at Sala. I imagine some reporters are going to do whatever they can to get in the locker room quickly to try and talk to him. So he's not going to be able to escape everybody. Um, so I'm curious to see how that plays out. If he has a good game, you'd think he'd want to talk. Uh, if he doesn't, maybe he wouldn't, um, because he might be upset again. I don't know. <laughs> right. But yeah, it could uh, backfire. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, and the thing, and it's it's funny that like this kind of had to be the first topic that we're talking about right now when there's this legit like huge game for the Jets in the AFC East. Like I saw a stat that I think it's Football Outsider said if they win their playoff percentages go up to like 75% or something like that. And if they lose it, it still is in like the fifties or something like that. So, but that like, if you have six wins before the bye, like if you miss the playoffs at that point, then something bad went wrong in the second half of the season. And you know, there, I don't know what the line is at now, but it was Patriots by one and a half for most of the week, even after that bears game where the Patriots looked like crap, frankly. Um, so it, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see like, what happens if they win and he doesn't get touches again? Like, is he going to complain? Like, I don't know. It's going to be something you have to think of in the back of your mind now with him. Yeah. And so when it comes to the game itself and when he's in there, obviously Mims played okay last week. The great blocks um, didn't do a lot offensively, but nobody did. They didn't throw the ball a whole lot. So what do you think the usage is for Elijah and where? You said he's, you know, obviously on the outside, probably replacing Corey Davis. Um, but he didn't play last week. So, you know, is it everything's forgiven and he's in there the same amount of plays he would have been if none of this had ever happened? Or do you think there's still like a lag there where the team's like, you know what, we're going to ease you back in here. We're not going to use you a lot this week because they kind of need him. Yeah. that If Corey Davis wasn't hurt, I could see them doing that where they ease him back in. I don't think they really have a choice now. Um, I, I, I think they're again going to run a lot of 12 personnel. You're going to see a lot of the tight ends again. Um, you might even see a get, you know, the running backs have a little different. It's, you don't have Brees Hall, who's such a threat as a receiver. So like a Robinson and uh Michael Carter backfield doesn't really scare you as much. Maybe you do like a Ty Johnson and Michael Carter, since Johnson's more of a pass catcher, like, and, and I think they trust him more in like protection, not more. I mean, cause I think Robinson's pretty good protection, but I, it's going to be interesting to see like the personnel looks they throw out. I think they really want to do what they've done the last couple of weeks, which is grind this game out, run the ball a lot not make Zach Wilson th- get into mistakes, which Bill Belichick tends to scheme up. Um, you know, he struggled a lot under pressure, which we've, we've talked about a bunch. And I think the Patriots are going to throw a lot at him. Matthew Judon is a really talented pass rusher. Um, so, yeah, I, I, they need Elijah Moore to be there. They need a guy who can be reliable and make some plays down the field in the middle of the field. Corey Davis, you know, he's not a guy that gets separation, but he was a guy that Zach Wilson had good chemistry with. Elijah Moore hasn't played now since in, in a couple weeks, technically. So, um you know, it's, it's not like he's been helping his chemistry with Zach Wilson, certainly. So it's I think Garrett Wilson winds up getting involved a lot this game, but I, I think Elijah Moore is really going to have a chance to get targets, and we'll see what he does with them because, you know, he, he this is this is what he wanted. Like, they have no, almost have no choice but to use him this game, I would think, unless they run the ball every play, which who knows. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a lot of eyes are going to be on him, uh, and I, I'm, just, I'm very curious to see how he handles it. Like, we don't – we never really – we haven't really dealt with something like this because Denzel Mims after his trade was inactive for five weeks. And then he came out and he, right. you know, did his job last week. Elijah Moore, this just happened a week ago. He demanded a trade and made, put all the attention on himself. And now he's playing the week after that. And, um, 
So he's going to have a lot of pressure to perform. Uh, one more thing before we get to the actual Patriots and the game is the running backs. Obviously, James Robinson now um, is here and ready to go. So when you look at this offense, and there's been comparisons to the, the 49ers offense a few years ago and the way they had three running backs, and now kind of the Jets have that, yeah. instead of Brees Hall getting the majority of the stuff, um, how much of a of a factor is James Robinson this week? How much is is he the number clear number two? behind Michael Carter? Is it almost a split? What do you think? Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting to me. I I, I think Carter will be the clear number one this week just because short week um, learning a new offense. I mean, I, you know, to some degree, there's some aspects of this offense that aren't like crazy complicated that he should be okay to figure out. It is a different like scheme and all that stuff. But I think he'll play this week. He'll get some carries. I think Ty Johnson will get some looks. Uh, I think Michael Carter will lead this, the snap count and probably like it was in week one kind of thing where Michael Carter probably played like 60% of the snaps and Brees Hall played like 40. So I think you'll maybe see something like that this week uh, going forward. It'll be interesting to see, you know, there, there was all this stuff about uh, from Doug Peterson about how they didn't play him last week because he had some knee soreness. And when James Robinson spoke to us, he, he kind of pushed back on that a little bit. And he said, he didn't really know why he thought the communication was bad. He thought his, you know, knee soreness is nothing new. It's not like he was on the injury report. So I, I found that pretty interesting. I, I don't really know what Doug did that for because it's not like that helps the trade value if you're saying that. Um, so I, I don't. It's gonna be interesting to see how. I mean, they wouldn't have brought him in if they didn't. He didn't pass the physicals and all that stuff. So um, I think he's gonna have a role on Sunday. I don't think it'll be a huge role, but as the weeks progress, I wouldn't be surprised if like it flipped and he started getting more carries than Michael Carter. Even if it's like a 50-50 type situation, I, I think Robinson's a tough runner who can, who has a tendency to just fall. I mean, so does Michael Carter. That's it. They're kind of similar in that way. They're both tough runners that fall forward. I think Robinson's a solid pass catcher, not like explosive. He's really good in protection, which is going to be helpful. So um, yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how they do this. It'll be, I think to your original question, I think it will be more like the 49ers type of three man rotation where the top two guys get a lot. And the third guy spells them on passing downs kind of thing. Some stuff came out about Michael Carter this week that I thought was like yeah. just cool stuff. Um, running back coach Taylor Embry's wife had a baby this week and Michael Carter ran the film sessions, I guess. And then uh, LaFleur talked about him a little bit yesterday as well. And he said, you know, what? as much as I love this guy as a football player, I love him more as a person. Um, it seems like I mean, for a second year guy, it seems like he is like above and beyond as far as leadership and just a guy that the teammates look to. Yeah, it, it, I, I asked Robert Sala about that today, and he, he just said how important he is to this team. They think he's a great football player, but like I, I can't think there's been many cases where a non-quarterback in their second year was such a leader for a team like this, especially like a running back who lost a starting job at the beginning of the year. They just traded for a guy, so clearly he's not going to be like the bell cow, and he's still like he just everybody in the locker room loves him. Um, I think he's friends with everybody in the locker room. And, yeah, so Taylor Embry had, it, had his kid on – uh, Wednesday, like Wednesday morning, his wife had the kid. Sorry. <laughs> I know you supposed to phrase that wrong. <laughs> his wife had the kid Wednesday morning. He still coached practice that day. He's like, I know that sounds crazy, but <laughs> my wife let me go. Um, but he had to get, he had to leave after practice to go back to his wife. And so Michael Carter, and I think there's an assistant named Leon Washington, who's a former NFL running back who like basically ran the film session. Um, yeah, it's, it just says everything about Carter. I, I think he's a guy that'll, I could see him being here for a long time just because of how much they value him in the organization. And he's a, he's an NFL quality running back. And yeah, that's, it just, it says so much about him that, 
despite the fact that he lost touches and he's going to lose some touches with Robinson here, it doesn't really seem to phase him at all. All right. We need to talk about this Patriots game, what it means, um, what this team is thinking after how things went against New England last year and, well, every year for the last six years, right? Um, Let's get to that, but first, a quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, let's move on to the game Sunday, and it is a big one. It's a 5-2 and two Jets team against what has become a, a disappointing Patriots team this season. Um, but there's so much more when it comes down to these two teams. It's Belichick versus the Jets. Jets have lost 12 straight to New England. Um, but to highlight to, to the exclamation point, I guess, on that streak was last year, 54-13 a game that was 34 to 13 going into the fourth quarter and the Patriots piled on 20 more points in that fourth quarter when, when the thing was over um, <laughs> the jets didn't, they didn't stir the pot really this week, but they made it known that they do remember uh, Jeff Ulbrich said, I remember the score. I remember a lot of things. I remember it being 40 plus and shots still being taken on us. It is what it is. We're looking forward to this one. Um, Zach, I would think behind closed doors, there's been plenty of talk this week about 54-13. Yeah, it's funny. I, th- I think they, pr- I think Salah probably had a message to the guys like, don't give them any bulletin board material. But like Jeff Ulbrich like could not help himself, and he, I actually just <laughs> copy and pasted it because he had a great quote where somebody asked him if if that game was a low moment last year, and he he said that game and the Colts game a couple weeks later where they got killed, and he said there was a level of darkness I know within my own brain and soul. It was definitely trying like that's how that's how upset it made him about what happened that game <laughs> like that. So it's clear that it means something to him this game. Um, I think it definitely I think they're talking about it behind closed doors. Like you said, like it's definitely I think Salah has used stuff like that as motivation. The stuff before that last division game against the Dolphins, he was all talking about how they lost 12 in a row in the division. The, the last time they uh the last time they had a better record than the Patriots this late in the season for a matchup was in Tom Brady's first year as a starter in 2001. <laughs> like wow. Steven idea. Yeah. Um, so it's been a lot, a lot has changed since then. Um, a lot has changed since that matchup last year that, but it, there's definitely some revenge on the mind, even if everybody's doing a good job of not saying that out loud necessarily. I, they, they remember what the Patriots did last year. I mean, they were, they were thrown, they were running go routes in the fourth quarter of a game that was already over. Um, and as much as Salah is doing a good job of not, you know, even bringing that up, really, I, I think they're they all are talking about it. They know that they're I think they know they have a more talented team than the Patriots, which is pretty rare. Um, and, you know, you hope that they're almost not like focusing too much on that because, you know, the Patriots are still well coached. They still have Belichick, who is going to throw a lot at Zach Wilson. And I, I'm curious to see how they come out. Does 
as we've talked about, they're very good in the fourth quarter. I think they struggle a little too much in the first three quarters. Uh, the, the energy is going to be as good as it's been at MetLife for a Jets game in a long time, I imagine, on Sunday. Uh, Salah was saying that they're doing like fireworks an hour before kickoff. I think they want to get everybody in the stands at the very beginning because he said something like 30% of the fans missed the Sauce Gardner play when he blitzed and forced a safety against the Dolphins, and he doesn't want that happening again. So like their message is like, get get in early. Um, so we can have like a full loud crowd at the very beginning. I want to talk to the uh, public transit authorities about. Yeah, that. I exactly. think that's yeah. why. Yeah, yeah. And, and like getting into and getting in the stadium is often a mess over there, especially when it's busy. Um, right. Which which I, I, I earlier this season I got a lot of fl- we t- I think we talked about it. I got a lot of flack because I like tweeted something about how there was no traffic going in, and so so when at their last home game they're all like, "How about now, Zach? Is there traffic now?" I'm like, yes, there's a lot of traffic. <laughs> it took me a while to get in, so I imagine it's going to happen again. Connor wants me to get there early with him. Uh, so we could, so we could do the, the walk-in that he did for the giants. I know you guys are making fun of him for that. He, he keeps telling me we got to do it. Um, I don't know if I'm, he, we'll see how much influence he has over me. I don't want to do it though. So um, and I don't, I don't wear a suit like he does either. So, um, oh uh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think you guys will let me live that down if I do it either. So. No, we definitely no. won't. Well, we will. But we the point being, I would have to get there super, I would have to get there super early for that, which would mean I would skip traffic. So they're. Some value, but there's no value in me going on camera and having this material people could use against me. So I don't know what would be worse, you doing it or succumbing to Connor's peer pressure. I think that that's might a great be. point. That would be a bad look for me. Yeah. The yeah, more I talk about exactly. it, the more I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now you, you have our full support to say no. Full support. <laughs> oh, thank um, you. Just playing this clip. All right. Let's um <laughs> first let's talk about the uh Patriots offense against this Jets defense because the Patriots offense, uh, it hasn't been good. Obviously, they started the season with Mac Jones, who was a pro bowler last year, whatever that means for (laughs) quarterbacks when they get to like the sixth option. When like nine of them are Um, backing out, yeah. Yeah, but realistically, he had a really good – he had the best rookie season of all those quarterbacks, right? 92.5 rating. Uh, It was 223 yards per game, 22 touchdowns, 13 picks. Um, better than all the four quarterbacks who went ahead of him in the draft. He also had a better team around him. Um, that's pretty clear. Um, he also had Josh McDaniels, and he doesn't anymore. I wonder what a factor that is. Yeah. Um, this year, two touchdowns, six picks. Uh, he's been under 200 yards. He's averaging under 200 yards. The rating 70.8. Obviously, he was injured for a little bit. Bailey Zappi replaced him. Last week he was back. Bailey Zappi replaced him after three series. Um, it's just been ugly. And he, Mac Jones will start, but we don't know. Uh, we don't know when or if Bailey Zappi may get some time in this game. But I want to go back to what I mentioned about Josh McDaniels because obviously McDaniels is a guy who has been a very successful offensive coordinator. A lot of that was attributed to Tom Brady for a long time. But I think last year he kind of showed with a rookie quarterback how good he was as an offensive coordinator. Uh, in the kind of season that Mac Jones put together, he's gone. They bring in, they have, I mean, they have four, two former head coaches, Matt Patricia and, and Judge, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, if you don't say the names, former, yeah, you could say they have two former head coaches. Sounds great. The offense. <laughs> former defensive coordinator and former special teams guy, and they're kind of running the offense. And I feel like it's showing. Yeah. And I think if you remember during the preseason, there was like rumblings about some unhappiness, I think from Mac Jones about like, the new coaching regime and their philosophies and stuff. Um, I mean, Joe judge and Matt Patricia, you know, you can think whatever you want about them, but they had zero experience coaching either quarterbacks or offense in, in their lives. <laughs> um, I mean, I know Joe judge was, I think 
you know, I covered the Giants before. Joe Judge was more heavily involved in their offense the last two years than I think a lot of people. Everybody always blamed Jason Garrett, which, you know, he he's a brutal offensive coordinator and boring and all that stuff. But I think Joe Judge, kind of like Sala, like he still had a hand in like how they operated, what they did, how conservative they were all the time. Anyway, so you you, you take away Josh McGinn, you bring these two guys in, um, which is interesting. It was a very, if any other coach did that besides Bill Belichick, it would have been way more criticized than it was. Oh, yeah. Because you're, you're risking, you know, hurting the development of young quarterback, which seems to be playing out that way. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to give up on Mac Jones. I think, like you mentioned, you saw some interesting stuff from him last year. Um, the supporting cast, I don't think, is particularly great for him right now. They have good runners, running backs, but their receiving room is kind of weird. Uh, their tight ends haven't, they paid a, a couple of tight ends and they, neither of them have lived up to their contract. I think their O-line is okay. Um, but yeah, so funnily enough, I, I, I saw a stat before we did the podcast and I tweeted it about how I knew how bad Zach Wilson was graded as like a under pressure. He's second worst on PFF, but Mac Jones is last. So you're seeing two quarterbacks that are going to have two defenses kind of throwing some exotic looks at them to try and confuse them. And it might work for both. And that might lead to a low scoring game. I think that the Jets like their chances in low-scoring games these days, though. So um, it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. But yeah, the, the Mac Jones thing is is fascinating to me, especially with Bailey Zappi uh, looming. Um, they clearly like Zappi over there, and it's, it seems to like he's taken to the Joe Judge and Matt Patricia coaching maybe more than Mac Jones is. Um, so yeah, it's, I think Sunday you're really gonna see what these two quarterbacks, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, are made of because they both have a lot to prove. Zach Wilson's been winning games, so maybe. Um, I don't know. He, he's he's dodged a lot of criticism probably because of that. Uh, Mac Jones, they're they're losing. And he was hurt and, and all that stuff. So um, it's gonna be interesting. You know, the two quarterbacks on two different teams going in two different directions from the same draft class. Um, I, I think that's a, a fascinating like subplot of this game. Yeah, I think so too. The over under, by the way, forty point five. Which mm. I guess that seems about right, but it feels like this game is gonna be a, a grinded out type game. The Patriots. Um, our, you mentioned the offensive line. It's pretty good. And the running attack has been pretty good the last couple of years. One of the reasons that Mac Jones was good as a rookie is the, is the running attack was good. So the thing about this Jets defense is it's been great against kind of both at this point. It's been really good against the run and the pass. So yeah. um, we'll see how that goes. Let's flip it to the other side of the ball because it seems <laughs> – it's hard to figure out what this Jets team is going to do because the Patriots defense is good. Despite what happened a week ago, I think, yeah, or yeah. Monday night against Chicago, it's yeah. a good defense. But when you look at that Monday night game, they were gashed by the Bears. Uh, 243 yards on the ground for Chicago. Um, and you know that that's what the Jets want to do. So it's all going to be like, right, what, what did the Patriots do to fix the mess that was Monday night at home against a bad Bears team? Uh, before this game against the Jets team that we we assume is going to be run heavy. Yeah, it's a very interesting like case study for them, and I'm sure, and I'm, they obviously were watching that game, and I think they can run things kind of like the Bears did. Honestly, like I don't think the Bears have a great offensive line; they were able to overcome that. They had a lot. Justin Fields is a better athlete than Zach Wilson, but Zach Wilson is a good athlete. He can move. Like I wonder if they try to get some design runs in for Zach, which you haven't really seen much of this season. There hasn't been a lot of like RPO type stuff. So I'm curious to see if they work that into the offense um, to get things going and maybe open things up down the field a little more because they haven't really thrown the ball down the field at all. Um, so yeah, it's it's there, there's something to be learned there about how to like beat this Patriots defense. You, you're just getting the ball out quick, running the ball a lot, getting the quarterback out in space. This offensive line is going to be another. It's going to be the fourth offensive line offensive line they've 
they've had this year. Cedric is going to be playing right tackle. Cedric O. Uh, Co. I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out a nickname for him. <laughs> so, I, I, I like Co. Co. Um, he's going to be their right tackle. Uh, John Benton, their offensive line coach, was saying that they like him. At he's like a really good athlete, which I think is why he was a first round pick a while back. Also, there, but there also was a reason why he was on a practice squad and available as of a few weeks ago. So it's a balance. But I mean, I will say if, if they come out and the offensive line plays well or he plays well, uh, John Benton like is really earning his keep. <laughs> like he's had to deal with so much on that offensive line and it's gonna be interesting to see what happens you know i mean i guess tying it to offensive line george Fant, we i got out of sala earlier and it doesn't sound like george fans any very close to returning um so they're probably gonna have to play him a bunch unless they trade for somebody at the deadline which i guess is possible but like we've talked about in order to get an offensive lineman that's actually good other teams are probably trying to get him too so it's going to take assets like i i know fans are obsessed with laramie tunsil from houston I don't. I wouldn't hold your breath. He's mostly a, he's a left tackle. It would take like at least a second round pick, if not more. Like I just don't see the Jets doing something like that. But anyway, um, to get back to like the Jets' offense, yeah, a lot a lot of it's going to be on the offensive line to hold up and run blocking at the very least. I mean, you don't want Zach Wilson getting hit and all that stuff. I think it's probably inevitable with Matthew Judon and and what the Jets are dealing with on the O line. Um, but yeah, so I'm 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 going to be curious to see how they come out. I, I imagine you're going to see some. Mike LaFleur going into his bag of tricks, just like the Patriots are on the other side, probably. Uh, and it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting challenge for Zach. This is going to be a real test to see if he can like answer the challenge of what he's been hearing for the last week. Cause I think you've seen the even 50, 50 split from Jets fans of he hasn't had to do anything yet. Once he, you know, once he starts having to actually do anything, then we can judge him or the other fans who have already given up. So I think this is a real chance for him to like answer the call and show that he can put the offense on his back, even without Corey Davis, even without Elijah Ver Tucker, without Brees Hall, like all everything stacked against him. Like this is the game where you go out and show that you can be a gamer. And if he if he doesn't do that and they lose because of him, that's bad. If they win in spite of him again, the Jets will take it because that's five wins in a row. Well, and the Patriots factor blows it up either way, right? Like it's Zach yeah. Wilson. If he loses, it's against the Patriots. Yeah. And if yeah. he wins, it's against the Patriots. Like totally. it's, it's just like it makes it better or it or it makes it worse. Matthew Judon, you mentioned eight and a half sacks leading the NFL right now. Uh, he has looked great. You mentioned the tight ends, the Patriots sign that have been disappointments. Judon, great free agent signing a year ago. He has uh, lived up to the hype. Uh, for them, back to Belichick real quick before we move on to uh, to the picks. Um, you mentioned how any other coach would have been criticized for like sending out the second year quarterback with Matt Patricia and and Joe Judge. Um, the other thing that's fascinating is how he's handled like last Monday night, right after three series, pulling yeah. Mac Jones and and putting in Bailey Zappi. And then after the game saying that was the plan all along, which I don't know, maybe it was, but it, it didn't feel like that, especially when at halftime he said he'd probably see both in the second half and, and we didn't. Um, and now we're back to Mac Jones. It, I don't know if it's like a, a panic thing. I don't know what's going on, but these decisions just don't feel like things Bill Belichick generally would have done. Um, I mean, you have Tom Brady for 20 years. It helps, but like, just just yeah, uncertainty exactly. yeah, yeah. that you don't expect to feel from from Bill Belichick. It seems like he's a little all over the place. I mean, in the history of football, you see it more often in college football with teams trying like this quarterback by committee approach. It just does not work. Like, um, And so it was crazy that he did that. I mean, if Mac Jones wasn't ready to play, then don't play him. I, I think they've used Mac Jones's health as an excuse 
Like you don't do a quarterback for one half and then another quarterback for the other half. Like that's just that's just never going to work. And it, their offense is all out of sorts. So I, I'm I don't know. It's I think they they probably want Mac Jones to be the guy. I think they'd like Bailey Zappi to show something so they can flip him for like a draft pick this offseason kind of thing, like mm-hmm. they did with Jimmy G back in the day. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a very weird situation. If they lose to the Jets on Sunday, I almost wonder like do they start selling off? Like that, I don't can't imagine they're going to make the playoffs. It, what's their record? They're three and four, right? Yep. Yeah, they're three and four. And it's funny because they were, you know, they were one and three and then they looked great two weeks in a row to get to three and three. And it was kind of like, all right, here we go. This is this is what the Patriots do, right? They figure things out and now they're rolling. But then, bam, Monday night at home and they just it's a complete dud against the Bears. Yeah. Well, and the AFC East is one of the best divisions in the NFL, them in the NFC East, which I don't think anybody would predicted those two divisions being like the two (laughs) best ones. Um, because everybody's hyping up like the AFC West and all that stuff. And NFC North is usually the one that everybody like the Seahawks are in first in that division. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, the AFC East is kind of loaded if the Jets are legit. And, you know, the Dolphins have the talent to be very good. The Bills are gonna run away with it probably. Um, but weird stuff keeps happening, so who knows? Um, so yeah, the Patriots, if they fall into a hole, like they're they're kind of toast. I mean, there's a more they're an extra wild card, but the AFC is also deeper than the NFC. Um so you wonder if they start trading off pieces on 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 Monday. I mean, knowing the Patriots, they'll go on like a seven game winning streak to end the season or something like that. But um, yeah, it's uh, they're they're in a very interesting place. I don't really know what the future is for them. Like, who do they have that's like a guy? Like, who's a star? I mean, Matthew Jones right. is a great pass rusher, but like he's not like a guy you're building your team around. Like, who do they have on their roster anymore? Because they, they they've always gone with the the philosophy of. It doesn't matter who the players are. We just plug them in and we'll make it work. And it's slowly st- you're starting to see that maybe that doesn't work, especially if you don't have a quarterback that can like be a star or whatever. Um, so they're at a very interesting crossroads and maybe the Jets can, you know, dig a deeper grave for them, which I'm sure Jets fans would love. Yeah, it's easier to do next man up when you have the greatest quarterback of exactly, all time yeah. kind of pulling the trigger and bringing everybody along with him. Uh, and they always had the talent on the defense and, you know, they made all the big free agent signings last year and it felt like, okay, the philosophy is to surround the cheap quarterback with spending elsewhere, but that doesn't seem to be working either. So yeah, we could be at the beginning of a, uh, a different era in new England. Uh, for the football team and maybe a different era in New York for the Jets, the way it's feeling so far this season. Uh, maybe maybe this season is this weekend is kind of a flip. Who knows? Um, and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, with that, time for picks. We're going to welcome in Seamus Higgins joining us this week. Seamus, how's it going, man? Good, good. Good. Oh, can you hear me? Yep, yes, we, we hear you. you. We yep. hear you good. Stop, before we Jameis get to the is picks. always in the chat, and yeah, we're very always. excited to finally get him on. He is another loyal listener. So, and awesome. Seamus also, I will say, was early for the record. Um, yeah. And so was got to hear literally why we never start on time. So Seamus, it's fine, right? Like we got to get set, we got to get ready. It's not, <laughs> it's not our fault. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Like, I mean, for like work, like I, like I do like audition and stuff like that. So every time, like I film i never start on time i always gotta get like that period because you gotta like check the gate and stuff like that so you understand like, you understand i understand yeah i think by the end of the season and hopefully this playoff run like all the guests will have on like everyone in the chat will like give us a little sympathy now for starting five minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> uh so seamus obviously <laughs> michael dunn just said seamus the anti-connor in the chat <laughs> nice. um obviously you know you you've been watch watching us and, and being in the chat it's great to have people like you that that are regulars here join us but um where does your jets fandom stem from so i so i was never really into sports until like eighth grade like i was kind of mm-hmm. like film video game kind of kid like like that kind of thing and then i think my i got i got in through my dad mm-hmm. um so he picked the jets um don't know how why he picked the jets i mean he is from ireland so i kind of always associated like okay maybe green green yeah. jets. but i started watching football like in general but like with the jets when mark sanchez was the rookie qb mm-hmm. so mm, good time. i've been on that since mm-hmm. and it was a very interesting because everyone kept talking about same old jets even at that time but i was also kind of like well they're doing good like they're getting they're almost at the super bowl not knowing why that kind of mentality stuck like stuck yeah um and then like i had like trying to learn the sport too so it's kind of like watching the jets learning about the history but also the sport at the same time was very tricky like um, <laughs> they weren't showing you the best product <laughs> yeah like there was no tutorial like there was no tutorial like i remember like i had to ask friends like why are like the browns called the browns but they have an orange helmet like stuff like that um i don't go to the home games much i only been to one home game um at MetLife um I like I feel like it's just better to watch at home with the TV mm-hmm. um and MetLife was okay it kind of felt like a Costco <laughs> stadium you don't have to defend but... MetLife I don't think I think that in general oh, no. people are in agreement is rough <laughs> that they didn't do a great job with MetLife <laughs> I, I think Zach's having some trouble hearing Zach if you want to hop out and hop back in we could maybe I think I'm good it, 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 it okay. there's been just a spot where it's been hopping out but I'm good yeah Okay. I heard I heard okay. us talking trash about yeah. MetLife, so we're good. Okay. <laughs> you didn't um, miss any picks, don't worry. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh time to get on to the picks. These are presented by BetMGM. We appreciate that. That's what the lines are based on, is BetMGM's as well. Uh, and we will take a look at the standings first. If you're watching on YouTube, if not, we will read them off to you. 
the listeners continue to lead the way 12 and nine and in front. Uh, nice job by Johnny counts last week going two and one for the listeners. Uh, I was two and one last week, but that only gets me to nine and 12 for the season. Uh, Zach one and two, a little bit of a step back, 10 and 11 for the season. And Marissa eight and 13 for the season. Uh, one and two also last week. So the leader goes first. That is you, Seamus. What do you got? Ooh, so we've come a long way since going 0-3 with Connor. <laughs> um, I, we always do have to mention that, that the listeners the listeners are actually 12 and 6. Yes. Without Connor. Without, without Connor. Connor. Yep. Yeah. Um, th- this week was interesting. I feel like there's a lot of games where there's no, like, I feel like there's no easy favorite, but I'm going to go with my favorite first. I got the Eagles over the Steelers. Mm. Eagles, like I've heard about the buzz about Eagles being very good this year, but I didn't like quite understand. Like, I kind of understood, but it's always kind of like that same mindset of like if Jalen Hurts takes that next step, like that's going to be really big and they have. So, and the Steelers, like the Steelers were fine. I mean, like Mike Tom was a great coach, but I just feel like the Eagles are just way too talented. And I think the 10 point favor, which I think that's the line. Yeah, yeah. 10 and a half. 10 and a half. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'll go with the Eagles. It's a big sports weekend in Philadelphia. They're they're, oh God, they're yeah. popping over there. So yeah, I like that. I like that one. I got the Jetsies over the Patriots. Mm. I don't know how petty they're going to be. Um, I like the Patriots. It's tricky because even on the Patriots' like worst kind of seasons, they always play strong against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like looking at like the press conferences and the tweets, like I just get the sense that the Jets are just so frustrated. And if they want to run up the score, they I don't know if they will. Like I think it kind of depends. As long as they don't do something where it backfires, but but I got the Jets. I think it'll be kind of go, like I kind of get the sense that the Jets would the score. I it will definitely be low scoring, but I get the sense it'd be more like the um I say ten points, but maybe no more than that okay. or like seven, three. But definitely like maybe it's like three or like it depends on Zach Wilson. Wow. Okay. But don't want to dig us in a ditch, so I'm gonna say Jets and just not. Imagine the line. Jets plus three. Yeah. Jets plus Jets three. Plus three yeah. 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 So I guess yeah. it moved up. Yeah, it moved yeah. up, which um, is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Then I got the Jaguars over the Broncos across mm-hmm. the pond. I, I had that one too. Yeah. The Broncos, like, I thought they were going to be really good this season. I don't know what happened. <laughs> like, I just, like, like, like it's kind of like brave that Denver let Russell kind of be corny. But, like, also at the same time with Denver, too, this pick I'm a little hesitant about because they're people make fun of like, and I don't mind the corniness, like what it's like, whatever, but like, they're still a very talented team. Yeah. They can just, yeah, yeah, good defense. They can easily just flip a switch and just go on a run if they could. But I like, I like Trevor Lawrence. I think Travis Etienne's really good. I think they might find a way to overcome the Broncos similar to the jets. Like I think they might be able to move down the field a lot and also history. Like they just do a really good job with, the London games. That, like that's where they're going to play eventually, right? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. That's going to be their the future Jags. home when, when Shad Khan moves them there. I <laughs> uh, don't know the line for Jaguars, but it's, I'm going to go with Jaguars. Yeah, Jags minus two and a half versus the Broncos. I actually had that one too. So spoiler, I know I'm not next because I'm not, um, I'm in last place, but um, who's who's next? Zach? Zach. Zach's next. Yeah. I'm next. All right. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do Jets because that three point line especially. But um, I, my prediction, in my preview story tomorrow, I have the Jets winning by a touchdown, so or seven points. Mm. Um, and I tend to do better when I pick the Jets on these things. So um, 
I'm going to go Browns plus three because the Bengals okay, don't have like Jamar that. Chase. Um, so I'm intrigued by that line. <laughs> and I will go with, as you can see, I definitely put a lot of thought into this. Um, <laughs> let's see. I will do the the Titans minus two and a half. I think they're actually better than I thought. So, um, And the Texans are not very good. So, yeah, I'll go Titans minus two and a half. All right, I'm going to make it a three for three so far with the Jets. I haven't picked the Jet. I haven't picked the Jets game all season long. This is the first time I pick a Jets game, and I will take the Jets with the three points. Uh, the one and a half, I may not have, but the three just feels. I, I don't know. It's weird that it's going that direction. That scares me, but but I'll take the Jets plus three. Um, I am going to go with the Vikings minus three and a half versus Arizona. Uh, at home, the Vikings, I think, are good. And Arizona, I think, from week to week, we don't know. And then finally, I think the Raiders have kind of figured things out. Minus The only thing that concerns me about this game is the West Coast team traveling east for a 1 o'clock start. That's a, that's a, a better's folly, I guess, to go for that. But I'm going to do it anyway. Raiders minus one at New Orleans. Uh, and that brings us to Marissa. We know one of your picks. Okay, yeah. So I had said Jags minus two and a half versus uh, plain workout, Russell Wilson. Um, and then I'm going to go Dolphins minus three and a half at the Lions. Lions coming off a bye week before that, got blown out by the Patriots, I believe. So I, I think, and the Dolphins are coming off a loss too. So I, I, I think the Dolphins will will win that game. Will they cover? I don't know, hopefully. <laughs> and then my last pick, since they were only my, my only pick right last week, I know they're going west, but... They're fun to root for. I know Jets fans might not want to hear that, but Giants plus three at Seattle. So bring on Daniel Jones. <laughs> Crazy that 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 game is wild, right? Giants Seattle. Yeah. It's yeah. just like the Seahawks are fun. It's you know, way better the, the, than anyone expected. And the yeah. spread almost makes sense for like coming into the year, right? You would have thought the Giants would be terrible. The Seahawks would be kind of bad. In Seattle, and it'd be Seahawks yeah. by three. But yeah. instead it's like Two first place or second place team. Geno yeah. Smith Two Renaissance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you have it. Uh, we will see if uh, the three hosts of this show can make up some ground uh, on Seamus and the listeners who are just having a great year. You guys should uh, collectively be actually putting money on this stuff <laughs> yeah. uh, and then you know, split it up at the end of the year. But that's going to do it for us. Um, oh, not quite going to do it for us. We've talked a lot about quarterbacks, but we forgot one, Zach. Yeah, Chris Strebler. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe the Jets would do a court two quarterback offense and work him in in the second half. That might maybe that might that might help. I don't know. <laughs> Can you we're imagine pumping what? up the crowd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least be the yeah. crowd pumper upper. Yeah, nice yeah. role. Um, I'd be <laughs> happy if he was just active. Cool. <laughs> just one week. Like, come on, <laughs> just just make him active. Give us the dream. Um, yes. All right. If you want to join the Athletic, you can do it for one dollar a month for six months. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait for that. We'll be coming back at you early next week with a full recap of what could be a huge step along the way for this Jets as they return to uh, to contention. In the AFC, can they beat the Patriots at home? We'll have a full recap. Until then, thanks for listening to the Can't Wait Podcast.